Talkers and welcome to Torpedo Swim Talk. I'm your host Danielle Sperling and each week I chat to a master swimmer from around the world about their swimming journey. For today's podcast, I was honoured to sit down and chat with 2016 Olympic gold medalist and recent FINA Masters world record holder, US Olympian Ryan Held. Hi Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for giving us your time today. Um, first up, I wanted to congratulate you on your 100 free at the US Nationals last week and for qualifying for the, the World uh, Championships team. How are you feeling about that? I feel pretty good. Um, obviously, I'd like to have gotten second where I could have swam the event individually. But, you know, just off the previous history that I had the previous summer, you know, just being able to make the team, you know, get that kind of those negative thoughts of, oh, I don't know, maybe Ryan, maybe swimming's just, I don't know, uh, to get those thoughts away. I'm like, nope, I'm still back in the sport. I'm still with me and, you know, things are moving forward. That's awesome. Really good. What what will training look like sort of heading into the June, July championships? Like where will you be based? Uh, so right now I will be for the next month, in May, I will be uh, training at Arizona State with Herbie Bemb and Bob Bowman. And this this month will probably be like kind of the ramp up period. Um, kind, eh, kind of like not so much of like the beginning of a season, but like um, instead of like 3K kind of just nice and short, it might be a little longer 5K, um, just get a little bit more like aerobic base back up and then uh june will will pretty much be most of june like because it's the meet starts june 18th so once june rolls around it's going to be pretty much like taper 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 coming down nice do you ever during that time do you all meet together as a u.s team or you go back to your home clubs yes uh oh okay so so for the month of may um we'll all be at our home clubs but then in June, we will all fly to uh, Croatia and we'll spend about 10 days in Croatia and then we will uh, all fly to Budapest and then we'll start the meet maybe three or four days later. Yeah, absolutely. So at Arizona State, is it just the two of you with Bob, just a small squad or do you have more swimmers there with you? Uh, Oh, yeah, we have, well, we have the whole college team, but as in terms of pros, Mm. we have... um, Haley Flickinger and um, Olivia Smaliga. And then the most recent pro, uh, just graduated from ASU, is a former Aussie slash Kiwi swimmer himself, um, Carter Swift, if oh. you know the name. Yeah, I know that name. Yeah. So, yeah, he's uh, he's joining us at ASU as a pro group. And then um, there's, there's some other pros that kind of have their eyes set on ASU and maybe joining out here uh, next year after this after this uh world championships that's awesome yeah and what what kind of training i know you said that you'll decrease the amount that you do and what what does a sort of a typical training session look like during may for you with with the 100 freestyle coming up um so monday monday tuesday monday tuesday wednesday friday saturday are all like fairly you know high intensity getting up there thursday is typically usually a recovery day but monday so 
like Monday morning will be power. Monday afternoon will be uh, like 200 pace stuff. So even though I don't swim the uh, 200 really, um, we still just keep it in the rotation and the lineup. Um, Tuesday, which is a single, is typically like a work set. So something that's, you know, pretty tough where we're like, you know, willing to get down for it. Uh, Wednesday morning is a little bit of sometimes it's power. Sometimes it's like aerobic endurance. Uh, it's kind of a hodgepodge of practice. Sometimes it's a strong kicking set. Uh, and then Wednesday afternoon is typically um, like a little bit of power and a little bit of uh, a work, like a, a working like test set kind of thing. Right. So that could be like 650s on twos or 475s on like 130 or two or, you know, like 1225s on 50 or something, um, something kind of like that. Thursday is always kind of easy, chill. So today and Thursday here in the United States, we did, it was probably like 45. 5k uh, long course and it was just like kind of drill 50s of drill um 150s of 53 50 back 53 just kind of really nice slow cruising control um and then fridays friday mornings like it's kind of power we like we'll do some resistance stuff and then friday afternoon is like straight up racing um we're going from the blocks we're going fast and then saturday is like a pretty is like tuesday it's a pretty big work set day and on that friday afternoon set when you do the race type stuff is that in race suits and recovery that kind of thing or do you um every every i'd probably say like maybe every three or every three or to every three Saturdays or so, like every other week, we'll like, we'll suit up for one of those practices. Um, but typically not. No. Okay. And are you lifting much at the moment as well on top of that training? Uh, so yeah, so we, we typically would lift Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Yep. But as of right now, um, I kind of, again, like swimming. So we're, we're rebuilding it back up. So yes, we are lifting, but the lifting is not like what we're doing like before, where it was a lot of jumps, plyometrics, power, explosive movements. Now it's kind of more like, all right, get a little bit more, um, just strength back, um, just build back up into it, work into it. Like don't do Don't lift too heavy, but don't lift too light. Just kind of like, just get back into it. Yeah. Do you enjoy lifting? I do. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And that's probably one of my, I mean, probably one of the favorite things I like to do outside of the pool. Um, is just, I just like to, you know, just see what I can do. Um, and it's fun to just compete with other people. Like how high can you jump on like the, the force plate and how, you know, how much can you pull on, um, I don't know, like a, the bar or whatever. And then like, how fast can you move the bar according to like velocity or something? So it's, yeah. it's kind of a fun competition always to push yourself and see what others around you can do and are willing to do. Yeah, that's cool. And I, I see that you've got your New York athletic club t-shirt on. Tell yep. us how, tell us how you, um, you came to be part of that club. So just for background information, I'm from Springfield, Illinois. Um, never lived in New York city. 
never don't have any relatives that live in New York City. I swam at North Carolina State, and then now I'm out here at Arizona State. So the, how I became a New York Athletic Club member is that I was at the Golden Goggles, which is USA Swimming's end of the year kind of sports show, the Golden Globes, the Emmys, kind of that's our thing. Yeah. And I had just swam at the New York Athletic Club and it was there was, you know, the whole Olympic team was there. So like Caleb Dressel, Blake Peroni, Cody Miller and I. We're like, oh, yeah, let's just walk back. Like, you know, it's not too far from the, the New York Athletic Club house to Times Square. Like, let's just walk back. Well, it was November in New York City. So we made it like one block and we're like, all right, nope, this is way too cold. Like we need to, <laughs> we're Ubering back. Uh, so we got in the Uber, drove back to the hotel, got out of the hotel, kind of did one of those like checked all pockets. Like, oh, wait, uh, I, I don't have my wallet. And then it became this like panic, like, okay, we need to call that Uber. We need to do this. Like, oh crud, I'm flying out of LaGuardia tomorrow and I don't have a driver's license. Like, what am I going to do? Um, but I ran into a good friend in the lobby. Uh, his name is Greg Eggert. And he talked to me, he talked to me. He was like, Hey, okay, don't worry about it. You know, I got a friend. Um, I can get this all sorted out. Just give me some, just give me some time. So I was like, okay, like still trying to call the Uber, like got a hold of the Uber. And he's like, yeah, don't worry. I always come back to Times Square. It's all good. And I was like, okay, yeah, but can you do it now? He's like, <laughs> no, I'll just, whenever I go back, I'll text you. I was like, oh my God, that could be like 3 a.m. But whatever. I was like, okay, it's, it's fine. I'll live. Um, so just kind of I don't really know what I did for the next hour or so, but just kind of sat around. Uh, but I got a text message from Greg. It was like, hey, don't worry, Ryan. Um, the head like TSA officer at LaGuardia Airport has a digital copy of your driver's license and passport. You're all good to fly tomorrow. I was like, whoa, like, OK, that, you know, this, I guess that's good. Um, so then when I saw him later, actually at the, the dinner and the award show, I was like, I had to ask as I had to know, I was like, how did you do that? How did you get the head TSA officer? He's like, oh, well, I, I know an FBI, a guy on the FBI, like who got in touch with that guy. So I was like, whoa, like, that's pretty cool. Like, um, and he's like, hey, well, what, like, here's his email. Why don't you uh, like email him, say thank you or whatever. So I did. And it turns out that the guy who helped me um, was like the head counterterrorism officer for the New York oh, wow. City FBI department was like, whoa. But um, when he was looking at my driver's license, he noticed that I was from Illinois and he was like, oh, hey, like, that's crazy. You know, I just moved from the Springfield, Illinois branch. Like, this is awesome, blah, blah, blah. And like, and so we, we kind of emailed a few back or a few more times back and forth. And then eventually why I was in New York City came up and he was like, and I said something along with like, oh, Olympics, he would say swimming. And then he responded with and said, oh, you know, I, it's crazy. I was a 2008 rower for the or the 2004 rower in the, like the the uh, in the Olympics yeah. uh, or some or the one of the Olympics. Um, I don't remember if it was 2000 or 2004 now, but wow. he was like, oh, that's crazy, blah, blah, blah. And then we so then we finally started talking about the New York Athletic Club and just the you know, the cultural significance and like instant role in sports, like something, something along the lines of 
Like it's had a it's had a gold medal it's had a gold medal in every Olympic game since like 1928 or something. Amazing. It's crazy how many people you know such elegance and you know yeah. elite level athletes represent the New York Athletic Club. So the you know the the summary is I lost my wallet, got in contact with FBI agent. That's how I got part of the New York Athletic Club. Uh, but that was the long story. <laughs> I love that story. That's great. And so they they sponsor you from afar. Yep. yep. Yeah. Oh, that's that's amazing. And um, I know that they're sort of uh, located right near Central Park or Carnegie Hall. So is that yep. in a big sort of high rise and it's all on different floors, the pool and the gym and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So the the it's really it's it's a beautiful building yeah it's like one block or it's on the block of times square i don't or i'm sorry central park yes. um yeah and the lobby is just really ornate it's beautiful yeah and then like the second floor is i don't remember maybe like the museum the third floor is the third floor is the is the whole entire men's locker room wow. and then the fourth floor Half of it is the women's locker room. Half of it is the pool. And the pool is beautiful, like built in the 1920s or something. There's no gutters. There's this like rope. There's this yeah rope tied from lane line to lane line. Oh, like, wow. Very well-kept pool. Uh, the fifth floor is like the basketball gym. Sixth floor is like the rehab center. And then like seven through 12 or something is all hotels. But then the... The solarium is like the restaurant on top of like the 15th floor. And that looks out over Central Park. That's beautiful. That's amazing. How, yeah. how did they get the water up to that floor? That's I have wow. An engineer. I don't know, but it's it's really cool. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Let's get back onto your swimming. So your yeah. last long course team before the one that you just made was the 2016 Olympics where you won gold in the men's four by one freestyle relay. Yep. Tell us about that race and what it was like being on that team with Caleb, Michael Phelps and Nathan Adrian. Oh, it was, it was just surreal. You know, growing up, I had a Michael Phelps poster in my room. So to be on his relay was like, whoa. Uh, but actually, actually the crazy part is, is that I was not, I was, kind of supposed to be on the relay kind of not so in the prelims it was me anthony irvin jimmy Fegan, blake peroni and the rule was because typically the rule is like the top two swimmers move on to the night relay but you know we had michael phelps so no matter what he's going to be on the night relay so now it was only the top one swimmer was going to be on the night relay right and so we swam and we, we, you know, we did phenomenal in the prelims um, and we're like grabbing our stuff, come back to the team room. And like the coaches kind of, you know, like telling off the splits. I actually had the second fastest split. Anthony Irvin beat me. So I was like, ah, you know, dang, like so close. I'd love to swim in the night relay, but you know, I, I want the four best guys to be on that relay. Cause if they win a gold medal, I get a gold medal too. So yeah. I was like, I want the four best guys, but so we're warming down. Um, I'm, I'm 21 at the time. So I'm, you know, 20 minutes later, I'm, I could like get up on the block and do it again. Whereas <laughs> Anthony Irvin, who's 34 or six at the time was like, 
cramping, couldn't move. Like uh, he was so stiff. Um, and the coaches pulled me aside and they're like, look, Ryan, we've seen your ACC results, your NCAA results. We know if you can do a time in the morning, you can re- at least repeat that time at night. And we think if you can repeat that time tonight, we'll win a gold medal. So I was like, so congratulations, Ryan. You're going to represent your country tonight. Wow. Yeah. Ah, I got to shave. I got an ice bath. I got to eat. I got to do all this. And um, so I texted my coach, my college coach. I said, I was like, his name's Todd DeSorbo. I said, hey, Todd, like, yo, I'm in. And he was like, oh, yeah, that, you know, he, he responded with something along the lines like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I'm outside the gate. Where are you right now? Like, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm in the Olympic Village, too. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm in the relay tonight. And he's like, holy shit. Like, like let's go, Ryan. Um, and so then that was like, but it was supposed to be very secretive because they like, we didn't want, we didn't want France and Australia to know that yeah. it could be me on the relay. Yeah. Um, so like, it was just kind of very hush hush, but I think, I think everyone knew because they, I, it, I don't know. How could you not know? Yeah. Um, Word gets out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> because I, I had to swim against all like the, because typically like, well, like the, the stereotype is like, the third person's like kind of the slowest, except for me, I had to swim against like Vlad and Flo. And I think Kyle Chalmers was third. Like <laughs> it was um, Cam McAvoy. I was like, what, what the heck guys? Like, why, why are you ganged up on me? Like I'm just this little kid. Um, but anyway, so to be honest, going into the race, like I wasn't, really wasn't that nervous. I was like, all right, you know, it's it's fine. Like, and I think a lot of it had to do with being on the team with Michael Phelps and Nathan Adrian. But Michael didn't seem phased. So I was like, all right, it's cool. Like, let's just let's just do it. So we're in the lock, we're in the ready room. People are kind of like slapping themselves, jumping up and down, listening to music, whatever. And then like they start getting introduced on the pool deck. And it's like, still nothing, totally fine. Um Brazil comes out before us, like the place is going nuts because they're the home country, home field and or home team. I mean, and it was like, okay, you know, a little loud, but nothing. And then when it came to the United States, (laughs) we came out holding hands, like lifted my hands up and it was like 30,000 camera flashes just went off all at once in the stadium because it was, you know, Michael Phelps, big time show. And then I was like, Oh my God. Like, uh, like the, literally the eyes of the world are upon me. Like to like 200 million people of the United States are counting on me to swim my very best and win this gold medal. Um, so then that was like, then that's it hit me. It was like, Oh my God, this is the Olympics. Like I, I, I don't know what to do. So I was like shaking, like couldn't get my zipper undone. Um, and, but I mean, Caleb had, you know, his, his, his classic fantastic start got us out to, you know, a good lead. And then Michael had like one of the arguably best flip turns splits of all time. Um, And then it came to me and everyone, everyone just, you know, emphasized with me that like, look, we're going to have a lead, just keep it. Like no matter what, just keep it. Because, you know, Nathan Adrian, like Mr. Sprint USA, you know, you know, Mr. Senior Captain, like no matter what, 
he's going to pull it off. So like, if you just keep even just like half a body length, like we're good, we're going to be okay. So then that made, that reassured me. And so like Michael comes in, I'm like shaking on the block, so nervous. But as soon as I hit the water, really just like silence and the race strategy just kicked in. And so I went back to, you know, how I swam literally every other hundred, you know, eight kicks. All right, pop up, start breathing every four, breathing every four, 15 out, build the legs, flip, six kicks, start breathing every four, coming back. And then it was like the last 20, I could see, you know, Flo and um, Cam McAvoy like catching me or not catching me, but I could see their whitewash and, I kind of had this thought of like, all right, they're human. I'm human. Like they're probably in just as much pain as I am. So like, there's no way they are out suffering me right now. So like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to bring it in. And yeah, did my job. I got, I kept the lead. Nathan dove in and I like, so it's, it's weird. International meets, you just can't hop out of the block. You got to go out to the side and that was my first time ever experiencing that. So I was like, like cramping, going under each lane line, like ah, I'm so tired because I just swam myself to complete exhaustion. Um, and then when I finally got to the, the other side, I like turned around and I could see Nathan was, you know, 20 meters out and he was still had like half a body length lead. And that was a, like, yes, we're going to win. So I ran over to Caleb and Michael. And Caleb and Michael are like, you know, they were first and second. So they've had like three or four minutes to recover. And so they're like up there flexing and like yelling. And I kind of let out like a small woo. <laughs> like, like it's almost like stood up too fast, got lightheaded, like had to lean down on the block. And of course, that's like the photo that went viral is like Caleb and uh, Caleb and Michael standing up yelling. And I'm like, hunched over the block like could puke at any second um, but yeah and so and then um and then after the race like my oh so michael was like you know we won we got it back like you know 2012 was a fluke we got this back like let's go and we're all celebrating or whatever and then we go back to the media and i was the only one done swimming so i had to do like all of the media questions and so that was very intimidating because I was just like a college junior at the time. And then like, and I was being asked, like, I don't, I don't even remember. I was being like interviewed in Japanese and Brazil, like uh, Portuguese, I mean. Um, and I was just, and I, my head was spinning so fast, like, and I was trying to give cohesive answers, but nothing just seemed to make sense. And I was just rambling and, and it was, it was bad, but it was a lot of fun. Um, until, uh, got to the ready room, the, the metal ready room. And, um, I was, cause I had to be in like full sweats gear doing this interview. So I was in t-shirt jacket, pants, socks, shoes. And so I was, I was hot. Like I just swam to exhaustion and then I was wearing all these layers. So I was pounding water bottles until like, and then I got to the ready room and I was like in the corner, like queasy head over the trash can. And Michael came up to me and he's like, dude, you can not puke on the podium. And I was like, oh, I'm trying to Michael. I'm so sorry if I do. Um, and, but 
once we got out on the podium, like things just changed. Things just, you know, got quiet and just like calmed and centered myself. And um, because then we were on the podium and Michael kind of like whispered to us. He's like, hey, man, it's, you know, it's okay. It's okay to sing. It's okay to smile. Like, don't have to be stoic. You know, go out there and enjoy it. This is your first one. So like, yeah, you know, this is, this is awesome. And when I was on the podium and I, and I saw, I saw the United States flag rise up and it, it, I just kind of went down this little memory lane of, I was just this small kid from Springfield, Illinois. I grew up swimming in a four lane pool. Um, I didn't have any crazy club or high school, you know, sports academy, just hard work. I um, went to, like an up and coming swimming school that hasn't really made a name for itself yet. And then um, just like, wasn't supposed to make the team, make the team, but I made the team and then kind of wasn't supposed to be on the night relay, but I was on the night relay. And then all those motions just kind of caught up with me. Um, and I think that's what led to me crying on the podium. I think it's a lovely moment to be crying on the podium. It shows how much it means to you. And I think people, when they hear the national anthem, I think that that emotion just bubbles up. So yeah, I wouldn't be apologizing for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was, it was, yeah, it was just beautiful and just so happy to, you know, just be in the moment there. I love that recollection. It's beautiful. It made me feel like I was there with you. Those guys <laughs> sound like they were very welcoming to you onto the team for that night relay. Oh yeah, they were. They were. Yeah. Yeah, that you can tell from afar the culture of the US um, team. It's just, um, you know, you can tell that everyone is supporting each other. And it's it's a very, uh, Australia has the same kind of thing, but a very different sort of um, mentality to it. I, I see the Americans really sort of getting around each other on pool deck and, and um, you know, the, the cheering and everything that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think a lot of that stems from the NCAA system that we have here. Yeah. Um, because we're so, because like club swimming in the United States, I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, sorry, like, I mean, like my club, like, um, yeah. like what do you got U.S. nationals? Like it doesn't really mean, or U.S. yeah, nationals. It doesn't really mean much to win like a club relay title. Yes. Um, it's all, it's, it doesn't really mean much, but like to win the NCAA relay title is, you know, one of the most prideful things you can do. Yes. Like, that's awesome. That's, you know, three, three of your closest, um, you know, brothers or sisters, just who you grinded it out all year long, seeing the highs and lows of each other to, you know, and, and be at a, at a school that you all chose because you all wanted to be successful there. Um, and then to finally be successful is really cool. And I think that's why um, we were always so good about being a team and having that good positive culture um, on international trips, even though we don't train with each other yeah. at all. Uh, we all come from various satellite clubs. But when we get together, we kind of form that that pretty good, solid team uh, basis. Yeah. So in 2019 at the U.S. Nationals, you swam a 47.39 in the 100 free to break the U.S national record or US Open record and on target for 2020 Tokyo Games and then COVID hit. How did you deal with COVID and, and training and how did that alter sort of your pathway to those Olympics? Well, it definitely, um, well, I, I honestly, I think had the Games been going to 2020 because I had so much momentum 
so much things going, like so many things well going for me that when it finally got postponed another year, it had just led for just absolute chaos and, you know, just entropy, everything that could go wrong would go wrong. Um, um, the, cause so yeah, I was going really, really well, having a really good training situation um, in 2020. And then, yeah, when March, that fateful day of like April 1st or something, we were all in the weight room and it was like, all right, this is just two weeks. We'll be fine. We'll swim at this like little dinky three lane pool just in the meantime, um, because everything will be over in like two weeks. Come to find out that things would not be done in two weeks and be more like two months or four months or whatever. Um, so then I went back to my hometown of Springfield, Illinois, and I really just didn't, I mean, just like most of us, just didn't really do much. There was no pools were open. You know, I'm Illinois um, is fairly, it's fairly north in the United States, kind of. Um, but it, so it's still cold in April. Like you couldn't swim outside or swim in like a public watering hole. Um, so just pretty much worked out in my garage, did a lot of cycling. Um, and then when it was coming back to things were starting to open up, um, I could actually start swimming again. So once that happened, I moved back down to Alabama. Um, but with COVID, there was, you know, certain rules about a post-grad being, not being able to train with the college team. So then that was throwing like a loop in the, like a wrench in the system. And then, um, not being able to use the weight room because of also COVID restrictions. So like that again, through another kind of monkey wrench and the whole thing. Uh, and then, so, but eventually those problems worked out, like solved that or worked out and uh, resolved. And then, so I was a train with the team and things were starting to go well until um, the head coach at Alabama, who was my primary coach, um, uh, I guess had a little trouble. Um, and then he resigned as head coach and just became part of like the post-grad coach. And then once that happened, things, then things kind of start stumbling out and going out of control. Like, uh, then we couldn't use the weight room anymore. Or we couldn't use the pool anymore. Um, and things, yeah, just started. So then it was, then post-grads were leaving left and right. So then it just became me and my roommate and we would drive an hour, four days a week to Birmingham to, uh, so we would drive an hour to Birmingham train like two hours and then drive back. And then it was just as two of us, like it was very, very boring. Um, there's not a whole lot going on in Tuscaloosa, Alabama anyways. So it was, it was pretty it was a pretty rough time. Um, and then, so in trials of 2021, I swam, I swam well enough that, sorry, that was my fiance. She just got <laughs> home from work. She's trying to get her dog out of the room. Um, yeah, she, I swam well. Um, and, but it was, of course, like, it just made sense to have this freak year and be left off the team because of some like freak rule that I've never heard of and no one's ever heard of. Um, and that it was pretty hard to, to be left at home when I could have swam a time that would have normally, I like, felt like every other year would have made me on the team. 
And I saw my coach. So then after that, my coach and I split, split up, split separate ways, but we ran into each other at worlds and we kind of sat down and talked about it all. And like, what went wrong? You know, what could, you know, what happened? And we both agreed that like we had done the physical work, you know, we are, I was in very good shape, but the one thing that was not great was like the mental aspect of it because we were just so fatigued and bored and just not having fun that I think that was enough to counteract like the physical work that we'd done because I was, I mean, I could have easily been, you know, more closer to 47 rather than 48, six. It was like a whole second off. Yes. Um, so it, and so I think it just stresses the, the fact that, you know, you need to have fun and need to be like mentally in it to swim fast. You can't just be physically really good at it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All those one percenters are, are so important along the way. Yeah. And I think COVID really, um, you know, fatigues so many people around the world. It's a common a common thing I hear people say. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone is just just tired of it. And yeah, like, just tired of it, ruining normal things that because who would have ever thought a global pandemic would ruin, you know, so many things yeah and, and the uncertainty of never knowing when it's actually going to finish i think that really plays on your um sort of mental health as well because you keep i know yeah. like and and what was the rule that they invoked so you came sixth at those trials and normally that would be the relay spot on the team so i haven't heard of that rule either what what was it uh the rule is is that you can only take 12 relay only swimmers to the games yeah. But I was the 13th swimmer, which which I don't understand why that's a thing, because if what what's stopping from a country from bringing relay only swimmers, they could they could bring they could bring eight, eight for the through four free, eight for the medley, eight for the two free. And then that's, you know, whatever, 24. Like why? That's just one side of the men's. Why? Why is if, and it's that's still well under like the cap limit of 26. So I was like, why, why have the rule? What's stopping a country yeah, from just bringing relay only swimmers? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, but we, we, yeah, it was, it was a bummer to, to find out about that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just relay only swimmers. Um, Cause I was, and it was based off, Fina. it wasn't based off because if it was based off FINA points, I would have made it, but it was based off of like USA swimming's index or something. Oh, okay. Um, well, they need so. to change that rule. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, 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 I tried talking with them, but they, it was just like, sorry, this, this sucks. Sorry. Well, I'm glad that that's changed for this time and you're on that world champs team this year. Yep. So that's, yep. that's the positive. How did you sort of psychologically after that happened? How did you, did you want to keep swimming? Did you take a break after that last year? Uh, I took, I, I tried to stay swimming. I was like, I was told myself I was going to do um, the Illinois senior champs, but like I tried swimming a few days. I just was not having it. I wasn't having fun. I was like, uh, uh, like, why am I doing this? Just no motivation. So I then didn't swim for like three-ish months or so yeah. uh, until I went to ISL. And I, then I, then I kind of restarted 
Well, I, I mean, ISL was good because a, it brought back like the fun of things. And like, I really wasn't honestly expecting much. I was just going to, you know, go to Italy on someone else's dime and spend four <laughs> weeks there. Like, Oh boy, that's, you know, woe is me. Um, um, but then after that, then it was like, all right, you know, I've still got some unfinished business I need to take care of. Yeah. You got your passion back. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And in that little break, you actually entered a, a master's meet where you had uh, a pretty fast 50 freestyle that broke the FINA Masters world record. Tell us why you ended up entering a master's meet and how did you find that experience? Well, I had to, I was going to short course worlds in Abu Dhabi and that was short course meters. And like, for some reason, the United States, like will not touch short course meters. We will swim long course meters and yards, but we have so many pools that can host a short course meters meet. And I don't know why, I don't know if because we're stubborn, but we will never run a short course meters meet. But for some reason, master swimmers in the united states love to swim short course meters so um there was there was this one at the pool that i trained at every day so i actually had to enroll it in master swimming um which i i swim for the new york athletic club masters club enroll in master swimming and then like yeah tell these events that i wanted to do and I, before, before the, the meet started, they had the heat sheet and it was, it was so bizarre because I was so used to seeing like certain, I don't know, like a certain format, I guess, but to see like age, gender, like what, it, like it, this all mixed in with each other. It was like, this is bizarre. Like it was, <laughs> and then, um, and so I got to look at my events and it was like me 25 next guy was like 29. And then it was like a female 33 male 42 male 31 or something. And it was like, that was my heat. I was like, this is kind of, this is pretty cool. Um, but kind of, kind of bizarre. I wasn't used to swimming like that. Um, so, but when I, when I got to the pool deck, I had no idea really what I was expecting. Um, I really just kind of put my bag in the corner, didn't really, you know, I didn't really know what to do because I didn't have a team there. And, uh, but when I, when I got there and I could just kind of observe people, it was just like an age group meet. Yeah. There was, it was like seven year old women in, um, parkas that had like decorative patches on it. And they had like, you know, Sharpie on their hands what events they're swimming and they were just kind of like sitting in a circle and kind of gossiping and then like 60 year old men, like three guys were just sitting in lawn chairs, just kind of chewing the fat, just talking <laughs> about whatever. And they were like, well, yep, I got the mile coming up. So good luck. Good luck, brother. Like just kind of talking. Um, and uh, it was so funny because I was like, wow, they like, they could honestly, you know, care less about their time. I mean, some of them do, some of them care about their times, but honestly, like they just, they're just out there because they still love swimming. Yeah, They just love competition. They love, you know, the aspect of, you know, kind of the, the full package of social, culture, physical, mental, 
kind of bundle that is swimming. And they, even at 70 years old, they're still enjoying it. So it brought a lot of faith to me that even when my pro career ends that, you know, master swimming will still welcome me with open arms and I can always continue my passion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you've just summed it up beautifully there. There is there is a, a lovely sort of um, not naive, but just that that passion that you have when you first get into swimming when you're a kid. And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, you whatever sort of um, level you swim to, most most master swimmers take a break because of life and family and work and all those things. Um, and they when they have that time to get back into it, they have that joy, that, that absolute joy that you just described in just going and racing and having that time to do that. And um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's lovely. And it, it does get a little bit more serious, I suppose, um, FINA World Masters and things like that. Yeah, I was gonna, you, you could probably very easily choose your own level of yeah. competition yeah. and stuff. Yeah, for sure. And you swam a 21.28 there for that short course world record. Is is that the fastest short course you've ever done? No, I've been twenty point four. Twenty point four. Okay, so a little little bit out. When, well, uh, that, that was crazy too, because that was yeah, that wasn't even my best time. Yeah. <laughs> and when they're like, "Oh, this is world record," I'm like, wait, <laughs> like really? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, but no, yeah, you have to swim that time at a master's meet. Yes. You can't just like you can't just be a master swimmer and swim that time at another meet you have to be a master swimmer and be at a master's meet yeah like yeah. oh like that's I, I don't know that's, that's kind of cool i mean yeah. i got to beat caesar cielo another guy who i looked up to growing up so that was pretty cool to break his record i just want to talk about your 53 when you when you do a 53 do you do the whole race no breath um yes yes and so how many underwaters do you do off the dive and off the turn in a short course? 53. Oh, I'll dive in. Um, I'll typically do seven kicks. And then my eighth kick is like into my first stroke. Yep. So seven, if you want to call it eight, I guess technically eight. Um, and then meters, I'm not too sure. Yard, Because yards, it's like yards... I've swam it for 20, you know, 20 years of my life. So I know it pretty well. Yards is eight kicks, eight strokes, flip, eight kicks, like 14 strokes. Um, but with meters, it throws off. So it was like maybe eight, seven kicks, like nine strokes, flip, and then uh, eight kicks, I think like 16 strokes. Um, so at a little master's meet like that, did they have the Kickstarter blocks for you or were you just off a flat block? What was the, what was Oh, the- no, they had, they had the wedge. Yeah. Yeah, they had the wedge. Right. Well, so this was actually, this, this swim meet was actually three meets combined because of COVID. Oh, the other okay. two got canceled. So it was, it was Southwest Zones. It was the Ron Johnson Invitational and it was Arizona State Masters. Like it was the Arizona Masters State Championship. Right. So it was three meets in one. Um, so it, it was actually a fairly big like meet. I, I like typically I was like heat 17 of 17. Oh, wow. I guess. Like, it was I, yeah, it, it was pretty big. Yeah. Awesome. Do you see yourself swimming masters in the future then after you? Oh, definitely. I would love to. Yeah. Um, I would love to go. I'd love to go to like um to masters nationals with new york athletic club or i'd love to go to like a, a master's meet in new york city and actually like because i've never actually interacted with 
any of my teammates, um, like master swimmers at New York athletic club. Um, I really have no, besides Kristen, um, I would love to actually go to a master's meet in New York athletic club and actually like shake hands and say, Oh, Hey, like, nice to meet you. And like, actually put a, I don't know, just kind of build a relationship there. Yeah. I'm sure you'll get time to do that in the future. Yeah. I hope so. Yep. I hope so. <laughs> so when you are off to the worlds this year, are you, is the whole U S team then coming down to Australia for the jewel in the pool? Have you heard that that's back on in Sydney? I have, I have, um, duel in the pool will be like optionally selected. Right. So if you're selected for worlds, you're the first priority to go to duel in the pool. But if you back out, then they'll just go like, then they'll just like uh, consecutively go down the line until they fill out their roster. Oh, okay. And are you thinking you're going to come or? I think so. I, I, would, I would love to come. Um, I'd love to go to Australia. Um, maybe put this into the universe as an existence, but um, Carter Swift and I, the Aussie Kiwi swimmer at ASU, um, we were talking about, I was like, oh yeah, we, we, we'll go to, we'll go to duel in the pool and then we'll fly across Australia, go to Perth because my LA current coach, the ISL Zoe Baker is now the head coach of like pack elite. Okay. Um, Perth aquatic club. I I don't know, but it's, it's in Perth. It's like just South of Perth. We're like, okay, we'll do a two week training camp there. And then we'll go and swim New Zealand nationals. Like, oh, this is perfect. Awesome. That's a, that's a big trip, you know, going from, um, I, I don't know if it'll actually come to fruition, but hopefully that would be really, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Perth is beautiful. I'm sure you'd love to go there and have some time there. Beautiful, beautiful place to go. Have you ever been to Australia before? No, no. I have not. Um, I have many friends from Australia, but I've never been. Yeah. Um, I'm not looking forward to like the 15th hour flight from <laughs> LAX to Sydney. That, that might be a little rough, but yeah. It's only, th- I think it's only 14. 14? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Be, it is, Carter, it's, Carter was teasing me. It was like, yeah, I'm like usually on like a, like on a European flight, it's like seven-ish, eight hours. So I was like, you sleep for four, you watch a movie. Like, so really you only have like two hours of free time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's like, but on this, he's like on the way to Australia, it's like, you have to download a whole entire TV season and yep. you have to have all these other things because like you could sleep, watch a movie, take a nap, take a second nap, and you'll still have like five hours left. That's true. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> it is a long way. <laughs> but once you yeah. get here, it's very worth it. <laughs> oh yeah. Actually, that that last thing you said leads me into I always like to ask um a f- five fast questions about some favorite things. My first question was gonna be what's your favorite Netflix series at the moment that you're watching? Um, Netflix, if it's strictly Netflix, my fiance and I have been watching Arrow. Um, on, we're on like season four right now, yeah. but um, if it's we were we've kind of fallen off the bandwagon there because we're in like the fifth season now and things are just getting a little too ridiculous. Like it's the show is kind of the show didn't stop and ask should we? They never could. Uh, whatever whatever that saying is like we never stopped to ask if should we when we could have um <laughs> but what right now i'm watching um dis- on disney plus moon knight slash uh daredevil i've been i've been watching a lot of daredevil on disney plus it's awesome 
Oh, cool. Okay. I haven't heard of that one, so maybe that's one to look out. I just watched oh, yeah. um, Anatomy of a Scandal, which is very good. Ooh, okay. Yes, I think it's on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Very good one. Favourite pool that you've ever swum at? <sighs> favourite? Okay, favourite United States pool is hands down the Northside Swim Center in San Antonio, Texas. That's where 2015 Nationals was, and it was like – it's a beautiful facility yeah outdoors and you know got these big stands 50 meter pool 25 meter diving well 50 meter pool like just facilities on facilities and you know awesome awesome crowd and it was so much fun beautiful yeah beautiful pool too uh favorite international pool is probably the the train where we had our training camp for 2017 wugs and uh, taiwan was really was it like an awesome pool too? It was a 50 meter pool that had like these awnings over it. So it was, oh, nice. even though it was really hot in the summer of Taiwan, but when you're swimming in the shade, like you kind of got the best of both worlds. It was cool, but you didn't get like, you got to swim outside um, or that or the Monaco pool. Um, the one that's underneath the soccer stadium. That one's really cool too. Yeah. I'll swim at that one too. That's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Favorite freestyle drill. Oh man, I don't even know what it's called, but I think it's called retraction. But you have your hands out in front and you basically just like roll, like raise your elbow as to where you would catch. And then like, so get to here, raise your elbow to where you catch and then come back down, do a full stroke and basically just mimic where you just had your hand. So have your hand catch, come down, do a full stroke, catch. Like, I think it's called the attraction. I'm not really sure what the actual name is called, but it's something like that. Yeah. Do you do that one with fins or just? Uh, yeah, you can. You can yeah. fins or paddles or no no equipment. Uh, I don't really have a preference. Favorite race memory? I think you probably talked through it anyway, but would that be your four by one? I mean, besides besides 2016, well, there's a toss up of two. The first one is. When uh, one of my teammates won the ACC 100 brushstroke title and he, he won it out of lane eight and was like just going absolutely nuts in the <laughs> pool. And like our whole team was like, ah, there was just this little like banner holding us, like holding us all back. And we're like all leaning over the banner because we were right there over lane eight, just like yelling at him. And then the second one is when we had the swim meet in Goldsboro, North Carolina. It was, we just doing like a 50 free and like a hundred back or something. But we, afterwards, we went to an IHOP and we were just sitting, eating uh, breakfast when whatever, eight hours early, like in the future in Europe, our, uh, our teammate Soren Dahl is swimming his Olympic trials and he qualified for the Danish Olympic team in the four by two. And we were just going nuts over this little like, iphone in a sleepy ihop and sleepy goldsboro north carolina like just you know cheering for him and that's i love that memory um that's probably one of my favorite two some of my favorite swimming memories that's not a race of my own and um yeah yeah i love that that's beautiful and favorite freestyle training set well i don't know if i have a favorite but the one i did in club man i i felt like i did it at least probably like five times a year. It's called the, the Dave Marsh sprint set. 
and it's four, I think it's like four rounds of four fifties and it's uh, like a 50 off the block fast. And then it's a like 25 easy, 25 fast from a push, 25 fast, 25 easy from a push and then 50 push fast. Um, and we would do like one round swim, one round pull, one round kick, one round swim or something. Uh, but we, we would do that like four or five times a year. And it was always, they were like, it goes 130, one minute, one minute, 130. Um, so it, it doesn't sound terribly hard, but by the time you get to the fourth round and you got to like get back up on the block, it was like, oh, oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> Yeah, but, I can imagine. Yeah, the, the Dave Marsh sprint set. We we did that a ton in my club. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like a good one. That's good. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people out there can adjust it to their own swimming. So that's a good oh, one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing um, your swimming journey with us. It's um, been lovely having you, and I I really thank you for your honesty and sincerity. It's been lovely meeting you. Oh, thank you. I'm uh, sorry if I rambled too much or no, got you didn't. too, you too didn't. lengthy on the answer. No, no, no. I, I'm just, I could listen to it all day. I love all those stories. <laughs> thank you so much. Ah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Okay. And good luck in the world champs this year. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Take care. Bye. See ya. Take care, Mark. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Ryan today and we wish him every success with the world champs in Budapest coming up in a few weeks time. Don't forget to tell a master swimming friend about us and also check out our new website for all the news you want to hear from around the master swimming world. You'll find the website at www.torpedoswimtalk.com. Join our newsletter group and keep up to date on what's happening at Torpedo Swim Talk. Till next time, happy swimming and bye for now.